only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast post-testing duo edition. Yes, if you are watching on YouTube, you will see that it is just myself and Katie today, as Tommy has decided to go on holiday. Unbelievable. I will make sure that I make him feel as guilty as possible throughout the rest of this podcast. If I look tired, uh, and if Katie looks tired, probably just me looking tired um it's because <laughs> i've been talking for already eight hours today but we're doing a podcast as well to answer your biggest questions and i'm definitely on the level of delirium now uh so i could say anything i has could be the world champions by the end of this podcast but we thought it'd be a good idea didn't we the wtf on author casey fairman to uh essentially run through some of the biggest questions you guys have uh, and have sent in uh, on twitter and um, to basically cover both the barcelona and bahrain tests yeah, excited to answer some of your questions. Obviously, we all know the drill, the testing isn't fully representative. I mean, Kevin Magnussen said the quickest time yesterday. I don't know if we're going to get Haswell Champions this year, although I love the narrative and I love everybody freaking out on Twitter yesterday when that happened. It was like, is it April Fool's? Like, what's going on? Um, but yeah, here to answer some of your burning questions. Some of which we'll be able to answer, some of which we won't, because that's the beauty of F1 testing. We don't yes. <laughs> actually know uh, half the stuff. But anyway, let's talk about uh, one big thing, uh, which is McLaren. So a lot of people have been asking about McLaren, who very much in my eyes went from hero to zero, from you know Barcelona, where uh, we didn't see it, but they were looking pretty strong. They were getting miles in. They were you know towards the top of the timesheets. I know we can take them with a pinch of salt in terms of times, but look, everything was pointing towards at least a solid preseason. We then fast forward a couple of weeks to Bahrain and it just seemed like little things just started to go wrong. Uh, and they've all kind of just combined to be quite a, an, a below par test for McLaren. Um, so I, I think they will be definitely going back to the drawing board slightly because some of it is you know, due to something out of their control, which I'm sure we'll dive into about Daniel Ricciardo and his illness, but also on the other side of, you know, something wrong with the car and the brakes. So it was kind of hitting them at all angles. It's not been a great week for McLaren. They've set some laps. I mean, well, that's promising. But in terms of all the teams, they're at the bottom of the list for the amount of laps they've done. They only managed 200, which when you compare that to the 385 that McLaren managed over the three days, you can get a, an idea of how damaging that has been for their testing. As you said, um, a, a mix of things, parts of the car that had to be flown in from the factory in the UK over to Bahrain overnight um, today to, to fix what looked like a, a front issue with the uh, overheating brakes. Um, but yeah, they were also missing their honey badger. He was stuck in a hotel room in Bahrain somewhere with this mystery illness that we now know is COVID. So yeah, a shocker. Yeah, not good at all for for Danny Rick, who would have liked to have had some some running. You know, it's it's obviously a little bit beneficial for Lando, but I don't think he got in as many uh, miles and laps uh, over the course of the three days. To be fair, he did end up 
doing 90 in the end today. So we did clock up a, a nice amount of laps towards the end of the day, perhaps uh, due to the, you know, the track cooling down a little bit, because the problem they've been having is the overheating of the, of the front brakes. And obviously with the, the, the sun going in towards the end of the test, maybe there was, or it seems that way that, that the McLaren were able to, to run a bit longer uh, at the end of, of today's session. So, but apart from that, obviously it's not been great that Danny Rick's not been in the car because he can't give his feedback. He's an experienced race winner. You know, you, they want Danny Rick's feedback. They don't just want Lando to be the only one in the car. And that's not really beneficial to anybody. Uh, so, you know, it's going to put him on the back foot slightly going into Bahrain for sure. You know, having 24 hours of testing uh, at Bahrain and all these teams learning things, drivers learning exactly the sort of style they want to be uh, taking into round one next weekend. But but Danny Rick, uh, unfortunately, uh, will have to just listen to what the team and, and Lando tell him. Uh, another question about McLaren, actually, Robert P. West uh, asks, should McLaren be concerned about how few laps they've completed? I, I wouldn't probably go to the level of concern because, as I just mentioned, 90 laps today was, is actually a solid amount uh, fr from Lando. And, you know, I'm sure they wouldn't be particularly ringing any alarms from today, but they did, didn't did exactly uh, set the world alight for the, for the first two days. Um, but they had a good test in, in, in Barcelona. So... In terms of some of the things that have, that have been testing and mileage and reliability, it's it's okay. But I suppose it's the new parts that they wanted to test in Bahrain that they may not have won, uh, got as many miles and as much feedback from two drivers as they, as they would have wanted. I think it's it's definitely concerning. I think that's a fair word to use. But it's not a like a, oh my God, McLaren are going to finish last this year. We should all be really scared and panicking. It's not as bad as that. It's just a case of, a bit of trouble here and there. And although testing is is important, there's no denying it, um, they'd much rather that they have these issues arise in pre-season testing than if we got to Bahrain next week. And then they had the issue with the overheating brakes um, and it was a, a an issue that ended up costing them points and things like that for, for the race and et cetera. So yeah, I think hopefully they will have this week to sort of diagnose what was wrong, bring the updates from the MTC if they need them um, and, and get this issue fixed. Ricardo as well, you know, he's raced at Bahrain 10 times in his F1 career. So it's not like he's heading to uh, a new track with a car. He's not fully got the, the grips like to grips with. Um, he will have that experience of, of driving in Bahrain previously. But as you said, like these are brand new cars and we've seen he has struggled adapting to a new type of machinery with his performance in McLaren at the start of last year. So um, I'm sure he's a bit bummed at the fact that he's missed out on that testing and the time behind the wheel. Uh, but the guy's an experienced racing driver. In theory, he should be able to you know, get into the car in Bahrain next weekend um, and carry on like nothing has happened. If obviously he's physically <laughs> well enough as well, because as you mentioned on the YouTube stream earlier, um, COVID can vary from person to person. I, I got it last week. I'm still suffering from it now. I've tested negative, but the effects are still there. And we've seen it with like Hamilton and such mm. where he got COVID. And then after Hungary, for example, like he was really struggling on that podium. And he said that, by getting after getting COVID, you know, he's suffered with some real fatigue issues, etc. So it could be something that we see with Ricardo next week. But fingers crossed that he just had a little blip of being unwell and he'll come back nice and strong, ready to 
take it to Lambo Norris next week. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Katie making good points, great points, in fact, but uh, her internet not being able to hold out as well as maybe we no, all No, for the, real? Uh, yeah, little robotic. I am going to um, actually we're, fight we're gonna, with the, my... Yeah. I still knew what you were saying. We'll carry on. But uh, yeah, it's just just wanted to cover that off for anybody watching or listening going, that sounds a bit weird. It's uh, clearly, clearly Katie's. I've not uh, transformed into a robot mid convo. (laughs) No, no, that's not your voice either after COVID. You've not just turned into R2D2 or something. But um, yeah, but but moving away from McLaren and over to Mercedes, uh, Aslan underscore Shazad asks, do we believe that Mercedes, even though they say it every year, are actually slower and will not win races? Okay, so I, I did my predictions a few weeks ago. We all did uh, as a little podcast. And obviously I put Ferrari number one and I'm still, that's the hope, the dream. You know, I was going to go against the grain. I said in the YouTube stream earlier, if my life depended on it, Mercedes are clear by an absolute mile. Uh, that, that's what, not a, not a mile, but I think Mercedes are, are first. I think Ferrari and Red Bull will be very closely um, matched in, in fighting for second. Uh, and I think McLaren may even be falling into the clutches of the likes of Alpha Tauri, in my opinion. Uh, that's 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 the pecking order that I've come up with. Uh, but for anyone thinking that Mercedes doesn't have the pace, just just you wait. That's all I'm going to say. Like you cannot write them off at all. Like Lewis finished uh, second last as of recording. It might even be last if Kevin Magnussen goes out whilst we record this uh, for their evening test in the final day. Like he did a 36.2, which is 4.4 seconds off what Max Verstappen did. That's that's not their pace. I know George was a second off. There, there is something there. And uh, I don't rile them up too much because they will unleash uh, in Q3 in Bahrain uh, next Saturday. And we will be there doing quality watch logs. So come join us. But no, I I, I do, yeah. I'll, I'll write at the top. Even though I said, you know, before testing, I was like, oh, Merck, you know, they're going to be third. No, no, shut up, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hamilton's been doing a bit of media work today. And he said, and this is a direct quote, obviously it's a little bit too early to get into that or have those kind of thoughts. But at the moment, I don't think we'll be competing for wins. Uh, are you for real, Lewis Hamilton? Sorry, was he Hamilton like really calm? Him? Was he like really calm or something? Well, this it? is a. I, I don't know. I didn't actually see it. I've only I seen the quotes, but we'll he was he was speaking to Lawrence Barreto yesterday at F1. He had the biggest grin on his face. He was like a Cheshire cat. I would love to do some sort of gambling of Lewis because his poker face <laughs> is terrible, right? He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, I'm really not sure. Like this huge grin on his face. I'm like, mm, okay, Lewis. But oh, yeah, man. he said he doesn't think they're going to be competing for wins, but. <laughs> F1 and especially pre-season testing it's all about keeping your cards close to your chest and I think if Mercedes were going to suddenly not be competing for wins like the panic that would be radiating from like all of the people at Mercedes we would 100% have picked up on that by now but they're like skipping down the pit lane like oh I don't know how we're gonna do like Guys, even George himself as well has a terrible poker face. So I think he was asked about like overtaking and stuff like that. And and he, you know, it's just that George is awful. Just ask him if they're quick, and he'll be like, 
maybe like you just know they won't be able to hold on i won't be able to hold on i have no idea uh so no i I don't think neither of us uh believe that mercedes are off the pace i think they will be right at the front uh unfortunately for everyone hoping for a shake-up uh but look we could be wrong and i hope we are wrong i hope it's a very close fight between at least eight teams um speaking of other teams uh and sandbagging julian 31798207 when will the team stop sandbagging in fb1 or only in quali I think FP3, there will be a slight indication of what, what the, um, the the pace will be like, because that's usually the, the session they they uh, start to turn up the, the engine and, and have a little look and prepare for qualifying, because FP3 is, of course, the session before uh, qualifying on the Saturday. But, you know, we're not going to see true raw 110% engine power kind of speeds until Q3. Uh, we, we're not. Because uh, teams don't necessarily have to go at 100% in order to find out what their actual potential is. You know, they, do, they have all the data, they have all the predictions, they have all the analysis uh, that they don't necessarily need that. So, yeah, qualifying, you're going to have to wait, I'm sorry, Julian, until next Saturday to fully see where the sandbags are. I think that's bang on. We might get a little sprinkle of some kind of representative times, maybe an FP3. But, yeah, I think they're going to be sending, like sending it for q3 in bahrain i'm so excited full Full send send. i want Uh, nothing less (laughs) nothing less than full send Uh, matt underscore in underscore shades what has been the biggest surprise of the preseason so far Uh, two things for me uh one of which was announced today and the other one was announced yesterday day before no wednesday uh, thursday i think it was um first of all is kevin magnus's return i think that is uh, a huge surprise that you know, last week he had no idea about Formula One, got a call up. Well, he knew about Formula One, but he didn't know about any sort of drives yeah, or anything. Got a call up from Gunter Steiner and um, Gunter was like, oh, do you fancy it? And he was like, oh, yeah, let me, check, let me check my calendar. Oh, no, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, no, I'm free. <laughs> uh, so then he's on, he was even on a plane to Bahrain, he said, and he didn't even know if he'd be, he'd be driving because it hadn't been fully agreed at that point. Uh, so it is, uh, it's awesome to see K-Mag back. I, I like the fact that for Haas's sake, there is this opportunity uh, for an experienced driver to push the team forward. I'm not saying that, you know, Mick couldn't do that, but, you know, there's, there's experience is, is really important. And knowing how to work with your team to feed back to the engineers of how the car is handling. Um, I know that K-Mag towards the end of his Haas career before, was quite blasé and quite short about what was wrong with the car, at least over team radio. We got snippets of it, didn't he, where it almost seemed like he was fed up. Um, he's going to have to channel the the more uh, feedback and calm side because it could still be a dog. We don't know. Uh, but that was one big surprise. The other one for me is today's announcement that Oscar Piastri could uh, step up for McLaren if necessary. He's the Alpine reserve driver. And McLaren have clearly come knocking and been like, so... We might have a vacancy if Danny Rick isn't free because he's unwell. It isn't free. Like Danny Rick's not busy doing something else. But if Danny Rick is unwell. He's uh, gone to our booth for the weekend. (laughs) Yeah. And there's been this agreement that Oscar Piastri could uh, could run in could run in the McLaren if necessary, which is which is crazy. Which one is the biggest surprise out of you uh, for you for that? Those two or was it something else completely? Um, I've got a few other things that have surprised me in preseason, but yeah, I think Kevin Magnuson is definitely a surprise. Um, like listening into other journalists and what their thoughts might be as to who will get the seat, um, the other has seat. Obviously, Fittipaldi was somebody that was suggested a lot. He's worked really closely with that team for a long time as a reserve driver. He got the chance to do some driving um, 
on the first day of testing. Um, but yeah, bringing back Kevin, I'll be honest, didn't really think that was a genuine possibility. I thought maybe a Giovinazzi. Obviously, he's got the links with Ferrari, has to have a Ferrari PU in the back of their car. Maybe something could happen there. Um, people were talking about bringing back Hulkenberg. Personally, I couldn't see that. Um, I think although Hulkenback memes and, you know, the fact that he's doing stuff with Aston as a reserve is great. I can't see him coming back for a full-time F1 seat ever again, which kind of breaks my heart a little bit. But, oh, does it? Um, oh. He had his chance. So, you know, say la vie. Um, but yeah. That- <laughs> you got over that real quick. <laughs> really quick. Tired Katie um, is a savage Katie. <laughs> I'm, I'm so ready for bed, mate. It's not even funny. Um, it's 4.15 but, uh, in the afternoon. Sorry, I know. <laughs> such a grandma um but yeah other things that have surprised me how re- reliable these cars have been we had quite a lot of red flags yesterday um but generally they seem to be you know doing really well seeing as it's such a big change uh that we're experiencing also porpoising keyword buzzword of testing that's been a bit of a shock um and also i had one more and it's gone from my brain so don't worry <laughs> can't have been that important uh, I think well, K-Mag uh, topping the uh, second day of testing yeah. as well was uh, was a big surprise. Oh, yeah, uh, that too. So, yeah. yeah, that thing that happened. Um, but yeah, that, those are a few. This podcast is sponsored by Gran Turismo 7, available now on PS5 and PS4. Gran Turismo uses the power of the real driving simulator, which has been developed over the last 25 years to create the ultimate immersive experience. So whether your thing is racing, car collecting, tuning for those last crucial tenths of a second of performance, designing your livery or even photography, Gran Turismo will let you find your line. There's a wide range of game modes for everyone, including fan favourites Arcade, Driving School and GT Campaign Mode. And the legendary GT Simulation Mode allows you to buy and sell, tune and race your way through a solo campaign, unlocking new cars and challenges along the way. There's over 420 cars available from day one, with Gran Turismo recreating both the look and driving feel of iconic supercars. There's more than 90 tracks to race them on, including some classic circuits from GT history and a wide range of weather conditions to test your skills in. Gran Turismo really makes the most of the technology of the PS5, with adaptive triggers letting you feel the all-important variation in braking resistance and 3D audio allowing you to know exactly where your rivals are when racing wheel-to-wheel. That, combined with the haptic feedback, means you can really feel the car under you. Internet is required for most functionality. Find your line with Gran Turismo 7. During this great reshuffle, a record number of employees are considering switching jobs. So now's your chance to try to attract them. LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you connect with the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to tap into the world's largest professional network with over 30 million people in the UK. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritise who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster and you can post a job for free too. Just visit linkedin.com slash WTF1. Again, that's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. At Frauil in F1. Frauil in F1. This weekend, in which garage would you have liked to be a fly on the wall in the most? Hmm. 
well, I can fly, I can fly between them. Uh, so I didn't feel like I'd have Smart. to choose one. But if I could choose one, it would be Ferrari. What, just so you can spy on Charles Leclerc? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Charles. Yeah, yeah just, just, just chat to Charles Leclerc as, as, as a fly. No, I, I would, I would it's, it's a toss-up between Ferrari and uh, Mercedes, really. I think I would want to go to Ferrari because I want to see, I'd want to know, come on, is this legit? Are you bantering with us right now? Are you actually quick? Why are Mercedes saying you're the quickest? And why are you saying that Mercedes are playing games? Like, come on, who's actually quickest? Uh, so, yeah, I think I'd like to be in the Ferrari garage. Not that I can actually understand Italian. So maybe that was a poor choice. But um, if I can, uh, if I could get <laughs> a translator. <laughs> yeah, an yeah. Italian fly. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's for me. Yeah, I think Mercedes is a great shout, especially as they have been so sneaky with what they're claiming is true um because behind the scenes they might be like oh my god guys i've just told the f1 media that we might not even win a race this year <laughs> when actually they believe they are really me festive. yeah exactly uh, so mercedes could be interesting for that perspective but also Haas, i find i think that would be super interesting um and also williams as well because i still want to know what that earth went on with this fire that latifi had at the back of his car yesterday because they came out and said that the issue they had that caused the fire was too stupid to even talk about <laughs> so they wouldn't say what what why it was caused so i want to know if like you know somebody'd left something on the the back yeah, of the car 100 percent. they've they've oh, not like but, they've, yeah. they've they've left some sort of seal on that they're supposed to take off mm. or something like that that's clearly just created the overheat because obviously yeah. it's happened on both of the brakes like, like simultaneously so yeah, it just sounds like a, a, a quite a big mistake, to be fair, because, you know, it set a light and they didn't get any more. It was huge costly as well. Like yeah. The oh, yeah. Couldn't race for the rest of the day. Or can, drive you imagine, can you imagine being, uh, being that mechanic that left it on? And you know, I reckon there's probably a, a big slapping of the wrists going on uh, after that. He's buying the uh, round of beers at the hotel. For the rest of time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that, so that's uh, what which which garage we'd like to be in. Uh, we've spoken a little bit about Oscar Piastri, which is uh, quite cool to have that sort of young um, talent Ooh. being able to you know, go between teams. It's not something we, we tend to see so much, but maybe, I don't know, why would McLaren not go down you know, another route? You know, they've obviously been... Well, they have a, a big pool of reserves already. So why um, are they going down the route of Oscar Piastri? It doesn't make... I think it's more like um, Alpine being like, he's here if you want to use him. But yeah, they've got Stoffel Van Dorn. Some people were like, oh, they're using, they're using Oscar to find out all of the secrets. It's like a mole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Imagine if he did, literally got the call up. They'd just have to like blindfold him everywhere until he was in the car. And then it's like, right, now you can go, <laughs> but nowhere else. You can't. No, yeah. Don't look under the floor. Don't look under the floor, Oscar. Nobody talk to him. You. Yeah, literally, don't tell him anything. <laughs> it is an odd call. Like, it's a, it's a nice... A nice gesture from Alpine, and they obviously want to offer their junior drivers as many possibilities as possible without actually physically giving him a race seat. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if I was McLaren, I think I would probably still go to other people before I chose to put Oscar in my car, which I know is probably a bit mean because I do think he's a wonderful kid and he's a super exciting talent. But when you've got other people, you know, hovering around like Stoffel and Nick, who are the Mercedes reserves, although well, they might right? be on a, they're, they're yeah, they've got Pato as well. Award. I mean, you have Paul DeResta, but I mean, I don't know if I'd be, yeah, he's like the third I don't know if he'd be my first been. choice. Yeah. yeah I'm not yeah. going to put him like number one, but you know, he's got a lot of F1 experience. 
Hulkenberg. I know we mentioned him earlier. Like there's a good amount of drivers around that I'm sure would jump at the opportunity to drive it. I'm not sure if I'd put in a driver that has got like almost zero F1 experience apart from doing his sim mm. stuff. I'm trying to think, is he even, did he, he did one FP1 session last year, I think, for Alpine. And that was kind of, that's it. I think, I, I, yeah, he's, he's obviously driven like older F1 cars and, and stuff like that just to kind of start to prepare him for it. But clearly there's a lot of hype around him if, you know, McLaren with their pool of drivers, you know, I, I imagine, is there any Formula E stuff going on? Would there be any reason why Stoffel and Nick can't? Uh, so Stoffel's doing Sabring um, next weekend. So he is actually unavailable. Way, yeah. Um, Nick, I think, is maybe busy. He's currently on holiday in France. <laughs> sorry. Maybe he's with Tommy. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, I'm on holiday. I can't come. Like, you'd just be like, bye, I'm off. I'm coming to the first round. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, imagine oh, that. I really want to catch make it to work. a better tan. Sorry, guys. Yeah, literally. Um, and, I, and I suppose and, they don't want, yeah. probably want to go down the pool to rest route. So then they're like, all right, we probably should get someone else lined up just in case. And Oscar is a huge, huge um talent you know he's won everything in in his junior formulas uh you know and he very much did deserve to be in formula one this year there's no doubt but there was uh there was no space uh so uh, it would be absolutely fascinated if oscar piastri just got just got in at round one and then was on the pace with lando or something can you imagine the scenes if that was imagine. The... <laughs> unbelievable um moving on now uh, a little bit uh a touch on sort of reliability obviously we spoke about you know williams's mistakes we've had uh, there was kind of Today, I felt like there wasn't as much problems going on. There was Bottas stopping out on track. Um, you had a, a spin for Mick Schumacher. You had a spin for Max Verstappen around the final yeah. corner. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that actually went on uh, in terms of uh, reliability today. I don't think there really was. But yesterday, was it was full of it, wasn't it? We uh, yeah. had Latifi. Um, who else did we have yesterday? Vessel, yeah, Vessel. Norris um there were loads there's yeah. too many every every time i looked up at the tv it's like red flag i was like oh get it i know get yeah it was up. weird there, was, there seemed to be a lot of like electronic issues as well like with lando stopping at the end of the pits and stuff like that so there's clearly like little bits and bobs that teams are having to tweak and figure out and and whatnot but i think overall as a reliability sort of you know topic i don't think it's too bad you know considering the I big changes really good. the big changes we've yeah. had it's, it's not been too bad has it I've been pleasantly surprised at how the reliability has been. Um, so well done, F1 teams. Well done, F1 teams. You, you've Gold done it. Gold star for you. <laughs> uh, and I suppose another thing to touch on is porpoising as well. Um, you know, it's, it's been weird because we kind of some teams will go out and you say, oh, oh this, the car's not porpoising anymore. They've, they've fixed it. And then they'll try something else. They'll tweak it. They'll put a new part on or whatever. And you're going out. And then, for example, uh, was it Fernando Alonso today? Carlos Sainz. It looked like they were coming out of their seats. Like they were bouncing everywhere, head going, like proper head banging. And you're going, whoa. Um, but I, again, it just seems as though, and I think, you know, there has been some questions about, you know, are the FIA going to step in? Are they going to allow for a mass damper, active suspension, whatever, to help the team's, figure this porpoising problem out but the thing for me as a as a you know very basic uh, aerodynamic uh, person and spectator is that clearly the teams know how to fix it they just don't know how to not lose too much time when fixing it so that's the problem that they're having to work through so porpoising won't be a thing I, I imagine we will we'll be speaking about halfway through the season 
but that is the big problem they're they're working out on because you know you can't be bouncing like this all the way down to the to the <laughs> to the first corner not only because it might hurt but also like spotting your breaking point and you know when you've got two or if you're three wide and you're all going like this like <laughs> how on earth are you gonna make sure you don't crash? make sure the headset doesn't come off there Matt yeah or, or <laughs> yeah. the headset in my in my uh, example <laughs> okay so it has been like really bizarre one I still can't believe that teams with all of the money they have behind them didn't go to Barcelona thinking this could be a genuine possibility like we spoke about it on another podcast like porpoising isn't new it's been around like with the cars in the 80s and the ground effects and stuff like it's not a new phenomenon it's it exists so the fact that teams rocked up to testing and were like oh oh that's that's mm. a thing it's I find I still find that really strange um but yeah I think you're probably bang on in the way that you know these these guys have been building these teams and constructing these ideas of maybe Mercedes you know just erasing the side pods just non-existent um and that might have been an idea that they've been working on for 12 months so they could in theory maybe solve porpoising I don't think Mercedes have been suffering too badly compared to other teams but you know if you've got an idea that you've been working on for a year it's going to be it's not just going to be a case of going oh well we'll just change this because that's an idea that's you know being used to design the whole car if it's like one specific thing they're like this is going to be the game changer you can't just suddenly be like oh well we'll just cut a hole in the side like we've seen Williams have got a hole in their side pod let's just get rid of that like it's going to be quite a big task and some of them might be reluctant to do that straight away and try and find other things to solve it um but yeah it would be interesting to see like which teams make big sacrifices to sort of sort out porpoising because as well the drivers you speak to some drivers like George Russell saying yeah it's a huge safety issue Bottas going it's not that much of a problem some drivers complaining of headaches others like no nah, it doesn't bother me like I just got used to it after the first lap so there doesn't seem been to having, be like uh, burnt derrieres as well haven't they they've uh, they have they've been having <laughs> some burnt bottoms which is uh, another problem they've been uh, suffering with so yeah all of, all of these little things are just going to be ironed out I think being an f1 driver is easy you know, know. burnt <laughs> bottoms who would who would want it not me uh but yeah it's, it is interesting because you know all these little problems will mean you know, eventually the teams will get around it and they'll get quicker and quicker max verstappen's fastest time um at the end of today was 31 720 which only three tenths off uh, what he managed or four tenths off what he managed um in fp1 last year so i know that the, the c5s uh, are a step softer than than what he managed i think he he ran the softs in, in fp1 don't quote me on that but either way it doesn't matter exactly what the tires because it just shows considering how early these cars are in their development i i'm convinced that these cars are going to be blooming quick once the teams properly get an understanding of the ground effect and and everything that comes with it I, I, I'm convinced that, you know, because this is the start of a new era. This isn't middle or, you know, they haven't been doing this for a few years. The teams are very much scratching their heads around. 48 hours into a new era. Yeah, exactly. And already they're super quick. Exactly. Uh, so it's, it's, I didn't expect <laughs> to be seeing a 31 from Max today. You know, it's been sitting in the sort of 33 range. I got quite excited when we saw a 32 in our live stream. And, and now we're sort of eking towards a mid 31, which is crazy. And, you know, of course, when I probably refresh this page, it will say Kevin Magnus in a 128.2. But you know, I wait to see that uh, happening. <laughs> I'll at, at fall off my chair if that happens. <laughs> yeah. Crikey. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much it in terms of uh, covering the questions uh, that you guys have sent in. Uh, Katie, 
One question I've got, uh, would you change anything of your predictions now that you've seen testing? Ooh. Would there be a team or a driver or something that you would give a worse or better grade going into the season? I think I was quite harsh on Alpine, which seems to be the story of my life, if you're the person that thinks I hate Fernando Alonso. I you're don't. Like, no, Fernando but, will not um, win, so I don't have a get a tattoo. <laughs> I also love Esteban, so I want, obviously, Alpine to do well. But, um, yeah, they looked. They were sort of probably the team that seemed to be struggling, maybe not the most, because there was a lot, like, has, had a bad first test, as did Alfa Romeo. Um, but they've sorted this DRS issue out, which is good. And have been putting in some pretty nice laps so perhaps maybe Alpine will be a bit further up I think I put them seventh in my predictions yeah, maybe I can't remember savage. that's a lot yeah. to remember I know so <laughs> um I think maybe they'll do a little bit better this year I hope but mm, I, hope, I just but want all of, good, the, all, of the t- all of the teams to do better <laughs> I want everyone to finish first apart from yeah. Fernando Alonso yeah that otherwise you're getting a tattoo <laughs> Your words, uh, not mine. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and mine, as you, if you probably listened to the podcast earlier on, uh, I was basically saying that I would put Mercedes first now. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, Casey, final that's thoughts. That's the tea. Oh, I'm just about to take a drink. I know, I know. Final that was a good time. Are... That was a good time doing it. Um, I hope that if you have been watching Drive to Survive that you've enjoyed it, because that dropped yesterday as well in the midst of all of the F1 testing. I know it's received split opinions. Um, but... Yeah, there we go. Drive to survive. Cool. There you go. Katie, the DTS, <laughs> DTS uh, salesperson. Woo! Love it. Uh, and my final thought is thank you to every single one of you that dropped yeah. in or watched our testing watch alongs, whether it was for Barcelona, whether it was for Bahrain, whether it was for both. Uh, I was going to say whether it was for neither, then I, sh- I probably shouldn't thank you. But uh, thank you for watching the podcast. <laughs> but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to bring you those those live streams. And we've got loads more content coming up um, over the course of the season. I keep saying it, but it's true. Like, it's it's mad how much content we've got planned. And we're very close to a million subscribers as well. I think we're on 992 uh, since I la- when I last checked. So we might well be uh, celebrating a million at some point uh, in the next week or so. So I... I- just genuinely thank you to everybody that's dropped in been really nice in the comments and we will see you for another video our next podcast will be pre-season pre-season preview a pre-season preview pre whatever podcast on maybe on a thursday or something but yes look forward to that next week and uh, we will see you very soon where tommy will be back as well Tommy, how dare you go on holiday? Founder will be back. Yes. (laughs) Bye. Bye. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.